0: Chapter two hundred eleven of Varney the Vampire, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Caron. Varney the Vampire, Volume Three by Thomas Prescott Priest. Chapter two hundred eleven Will Stevens' visit to the family vault with the sawdust and what he saw there will stevens waited at the alehouse much longer than he attended to be sure the rain cleared off but what of that it was not a circumstance that made the ale anything worse and so he waited to drink it with a gusto that improved each glass amazingly and then some of those who were present jolly toppers like himself began to laugh and to say ah will you may as well poke that bag of sawdust into some corner You won't do anything with it tonight, old fellow, we know. Now, some people get mood-tempered and complying when they have had the drop too much, and others, again, get particularly obstinate and contradictory. Will of the two certainly had more pretensions to belong to the latter class than the former. So when he heard such a prophecy concerning his movements and knew it was all an assumption based upon the ale he had drank, he felt indignant. Now go, he cried, not go, you may fancy if you please that I will not go, but you will find yourself mistaken, I will go. What so late, what's the odds to me? Any of you now would be frightened out of your lives to set foot in the old church at such a time as this, I know, but I'm none of the timid sort, I'm afraid of nobody living and it ain't likely that I am now going to be afraid of anybody dead. Then you really will go. The only reply that made to this was to finish off the glass of ale that was before him, shouldering the bag of sawdust, and sally out into the open air. Will Stevens felt highly indignant and touchy about his honor, and as he had said, he would go, and then somebody chose to imply a doubt still he was grievously offended when he got out he found that the night was anything but the inviting one he was still sober enough to see that and to feel that although the heavy rain had ceased there were a little disagreeable mist sort of vapor in the air he staggered at the first turning he came to for rather an uncomfortable gust of wind blew in his face carrying along with it such a shower of small cold rain that he was or fancied himself to be wet through in a moment Pleasant this, thought Will, but I won't go back to be laughed at. As for the sawdust he was carrying, its weight was by no means any great consideration, for it was just as light as it could be. No, I won't go back. Back indeed, not I. They would make me stand a pot of ale, too certainly if I were to go back. And besides, it would be all over the parish tomorrow that Will Stevens, after he got halfway to the church, was afraid to go any further. Confound the small rain, it pricks like pins and needles. Nothing is more sobering than rain, and as he, Will, gradually got saturated with the small aqueous particles, the effect of the strong ale is gradually wore off until by the time the dim dusky outline of the church rose before him he was almost as sober as need be ah he said here I am at last at any rate I do not hate this sort of rain you can hardly make up your mind that it is raining at all and yet somehow you get soaked before you know where you are it's just like going through a damp cloud that it is and yet somehow or another I don't much mind it I'm earning a guinea Easy enough, ha ha. This was by no means an unpleasant reflection. Yes, he added, I am earning a guinea easily enough. That's quite clear, but but it's not everybody who would, for a guinea, go into anybody's family vault at such a time. By the by, I wonder now what the time is exactly. Scarcely had Will spoken those words when the old church clock struck twelve it was a very serious deliberate sort of clock that and it took a long time to strike twelve and will listened to the greatest attention with the hope of persuading himself that it was only eleven but there could be no mistake twelve it was really he said is it so late well i didn't think will stood within the porch of the church door and he gave sort of a shiver and then with a bag of sawdust in his hand he stopped to listen attentively, for he thought he heard a slight sound. What was that, eh? What? I though, nay, I'm sure I heard something. It's very odd. Very odd, indeed. As if then, to Ford Will, an excuse for resolving the sound is something else. The wind at this moment came into such a golden gale around the ancient edifice that quite congratulated himself. He was within the porch and protected from its fury and besides it to his mind was a sufficing explanation of the noise he had heard. Some of the old doors, he muttered, rattled by the wind, that's all. Now I suppose we shall have a clear night after all the rain. Such a gale will soon blow off the damp clouds. Will was right. The gale, for a gale it was, blew from the north, and away went the rain clouds as if a certain had been drawn aside by some invisible hand after some rummaging will found in his pocket the key of the church it was not the key of the principal door but of a smaller side entrance at which the officials who required at all times free ingress and egress made application the little arched door creaked upon his hinges and then will stood in a sort of vestibule for another door that was never fast had to be opened before he could be verily said to be within the church this second door was covered with green bays and could be opened and shut very noiselessly indeed will Stephen stood in the vestibule until he had got a small lantern out of one pocket and some matches from another then in a few moments he had a light and once again shouldering the bag of sawdust he pushed open the inner door and stood in the church it might have been fancy nay he felt certain it could be nothing else but he thought as he opened the door that a faint sort of sigh came upon his ears. Fancy or not, though, it was an uncomfortable thing at such an hour, and in such a place, too, and he had never before heard anything of the sort upon his visits to the church. And he had visited it at all hours, many and many a time. It's odd, he said. It's uncommonly odd. I never felt so uncomfortable in the church before. I i never used to mind coming to it in the middle of the night but now i eh what was that again an odd sort of noise came upon his ears and he dropped the bag of soda all was still again save the regular roar of wind as it swept around the sacred building and although will Stevens stood for nearly ten minutes in an attitude of listening he heard nothing to augment his terrors but let an impulse once be given to fear and it will go on accumulating material from every trivial circumstance the courage of the sexton was broken down and there was no knowing now what tricks his awakened imagination might play him he began to wish he had not come and from that wish to think that he might as well go back only shame forbade him for it will easily be known on the morrow that he had not placed the sawdust in the vault and lastly he began to think that someone might be playing him a trick. This last supposition probably had more effect in raising his courage than in any preceding one. Indignation took possession of him, and he no longer thought of retreating. He went forward at once and fell over the bag of sawdust. "'Murder!' shouted Will. The moment he did so, he recollected what it was that has occasioned his fall, and being ashamed of himself, he called out impulsively, as if somebody was there to hear him no no it's the only sawdust no no he rose to his feet again heartily ashamed of his own fears luckily his lantern had not been broken or extinguished at his fall and now without another word he prepared himself to execute the work he came to do and leave the church to its repose as quickly as possible at one end of the church the southern end there was a large window which might be said to light the whole of the interior, for the little windows at the sides were more ornamental than youthful. Being nothing but lattices, and across this window was drawn a heavy cloth curtain, so that when the sun shone too brightly upon the congregation on a summer's day, it could be wholly or partially excluded upon a sign from the clergyman. The curtain was drawn close on the window now, at night, and Will just glanced up to it, as he walked on towards the aisle where the opening to the family vault of the Crafton was situated. All right, he said, what a fool I've been, to be sure. Upon my word, I have saved frightening myself all night, and some people would too. But that's not my way of doing business. So here we are, all right, the door on one side, so that I have just room enough to go down into the vault. Oh, when one comes to think of it it was rather a melancholy thing the death of such a young girl as she was going to be married too well that's the way the world goes the stone steps leading down to the vault were rather steep and will threw down the bag of sawdust first in preference to carrying it and then with his lantern in his hand he commenced his own descent that'll do said will when he felt his feet upon the soft old sawdust that was on the floor of the vault that'll do now for it i shall soon have this job settled and then i'll get home no faster than i can some who or another he felt very much inclined to talk the sound of his own voice conversing as he might be said to be with himself gave him a sort of courage and made the place not appear to be altogether so desperately lonely as it really was that no doubt was the feeling that brought forth so many indifferent remarks from will stevens he held up his light to look around him and turned gradually upon his heels as he did so the light shook in his hand the hair almost stood on end of his head his teeth chattered and he tried to speak in vain as he saw lying at his feet a coffin lid it was new the nails that held the blue cloth upon it were bright and fast the plate shone like silver. Yes, it was the lid of the cotton of Miss Clara Crofton. But how it came off, unsecured and lying upon the floor of the vault, while the coffin was in its proper niche? Gracious goodness! gasped Will at length. What does this mean? The question was easy to ask, but most difficult to answer, and he stood trembling and turning over. In his mind all the most frightful explanations of what he saw that could never occur to any one. Has she been buried alive? Have the body snatchers been after her? How is it? What? What has happened? Then it occurred to Will that it would be just as well to look into the coffin and see if it was tentedless or not. If it were a thought, he should know what to think or if the dead body was there, he could only conclude that she had been buried alive, and had just strength enough to force open the coffin, and cast the lid of it on the floor of the vault, and then to die in that horrible place. It required almost more courage than Will could muster, to go and look into the coffin, for now that his usual indifference was completely broken down. He was as timid as any stranger to graves and vaults would have been, curiosity is after all a most exciting passion and that lent him power yes he said I I will look into the coffin I shall have but a poor tale to tell to Sir George Crofton if I do not look into the coffin I I have nothing to be afraid of he advanced with trembling steps the light shaking in his hands as he did so he reached the coffin and with eyes unusually wide he looked in it was empty End of chapter 211